Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher. This week's Parasha is Terumah, and it's the beginning of the section of the Book of Shemot, uh, which deals with the building of the Mishkan, the first uh, sanctuary for uh, B'nai Israel. Uh, we'll talk a little later about the position of this uh, parasha vis-a-vis the rest of the book of Shemot. We'll talk about that later. Uh, the word terumah means a uh, donation, something that is lifted off from one's possessions uh, in order to give. Uh, and so, uh, the first part of this parasha uh, talks about the donations for the building of the Mishkan, the tabernacle. Moshe is told to tell B'nai Israel to give donations. Everyone is uh, welcome to give according to their generosity. And uh, the Torah lists 13 different types of donations, uh, whether it be uh, metals, precious stones, wood, uh, cloth, uh, uh, leather, uh, etc., uh, all of these are to be donated, and uh, the purpose of this is to build a Mishkan in order to bring Hashem's presence into the midst of the people. That's an important point to emphasize, that the purpose is not to build a uh, sanctuary for God to live in, because God is everywhere, uh, but by means of this Mishkan, uh, the presence of Hashem will dwell in the midst of the people of Israel. And therefore the Torah begins uh, with a detailed description of the various parts of the Mishkan, starting with the Aron, the Ark, uh, and everything that is connected with it. The Aron is going to be the uh, container for the Luchot Habrit, for the uh, tablets of uh, of the covenant. Uh, The Aron is made of uh, wood, uh, shitim wood, usually translated as acacia, uh, overlaid both inside and out with gold. Uh, there are four rings and four poles, and these poles are never removed. That's unique to the Aron. They are never removed. The two tablets, the Luchot, are placed are going to be placed inside, and then the Aron will have a cover. The cover is called the Kaporet, Kaporet is made of pure gold, and uh, emerging from the kaporet uh, are the keruvim, which are angelic uh, figures with their uh, wings extending up. And the uh, when Hashem will speak to Moshe, the voice of Hashem will emanate from between the wings of the keruvim. That's where Hashem will choose to have his voice uh, heard. That's the Aron. The next part of the Mishkan, and you'll notice we start from the center, uh, working our way out. Um, the next thing that is uh, described is the Shulchan, which means a table, uh, but it's not a flat table. It's a table that has uh, all kinds of uh, shelves. Uh, the Shulchan also is made of shitim wood, acacia wood, also overlaid with gold, and it has a, uh, a network of shelves uh, 
in order to provide for the twelve loaves of special bread known as the Lechem HaPanim, uh, which are placed on these shelves, twelve for the twelve tribes of Israel, and uh, they will be changed uh, for every uh, for every Shabbat. Uh, while the Ark, while the Aron is in the holiest of places, the uh, Shulchan is in the area just outside the holy area, the, uh, the holy of holies area. Uh, the holy, uh, instead it's in the holy area. Uh, and along with the Shulchan are two, uh, other, uh, vessels, uh, one of which is described here, uh, namely the menorah, the candelabra. Uh, that is also made of pure solid gold that has been beaten into the proper shape. <clears throat> it is composed of seven branches, uh, emanating uh, one central branch and uh, three on each side emanating from the central one. And then there are additional utensils for uh, the maintenance of the menorah. All of that is made as well from uh, gold. Now there is one other item in this holy area, uh, but it's not mentioned here. That other item is uh, an altar for incense, uh, but that's not discussed here. It's discussed later. Then the Torah moves uh, further outward, uh, in order to talk about the Mishkan itself, uh, the tent that makes up the Mishkan. I should uh, point out the fact that this uh, sanctuary, this first sanctuary, the Mishkan, uh, is meant to be portable. Uh, It will be uh, taken apart and uh, moved and then reassembled many times uh, during the course of the time that B'nai Yisrael are uh, going to be in the wilderness. Uh, So that's why the Mishkan itself is described as a kind of a tent. Uh, It has uh, curtains and coverings, and that's the next part that is discussed in uh, our parasha. Uh, There are ten curtains, uh, five curtains joined together, and then another five. Uh, They're made from a different... uh, combination of various types of thread, as the Torah talks about, and woven into the fabric are the design of uh, Kruvim, again, the, uh, these uh, angels. Uh, the English word that comes from this is the word cherub. Um, there are loops and fasteners in order to bring it all together, and these ten curtains, five joined together and then five joined together, uh, all together makes the uh, tent that goes around the Mishkan. Uh, Also, uh, we are told about the coverings of the Mishkan, what goes on the top. Uh, For for that, there are several layers. First, there are 11 curtains, five together and then six together. Uh, They're joined together with loops and fasteners, um, and there is going to be an extra overhang uh, at the back of the uh, Mishkan. In addition, uh, there is uh, there is a cover uh, made of uh, ram's skins that have been dyed red, as well as the skins of the tachash, uh, a creature uh, which uh, was created especially for this uh, for this time, and therefore we're not really sure what kind of a creature it is. But we are told that it is multicolored. Uh, it's not, uh, there are two different opinions about this, uh, about these covers. One holds that they are two separate 
covers um, on top of the curtains, namely uh, one of ram skins and the other of the skins of the tachash, and then there are others who hold that it's really one cover that is made of both of these different kinds of uh, materials. After talking about the curtains, uh, we need to know what holds up the curtains. And uh, so the next section deals with boards, sockets, and bolts. Um, the boards, uh, which will be standing up, are also made of sheetim wood overlaid with gold. Uh, the dimensions are given, and also how many there are, 20 on each on the south and the north, and then on the, uh, uh, on the west uh, will be uh, uh, six plus two. Uh, each board uh, has below it two sockets, uh, and, uh, which we uh, learn are made out of silver, and those uh, will hold the boards up. There are also hooks uh, from which the curtains will, uh, will hang, as well as bolts that go uh, either through or next to the uh, boards uh, in order to keep them stable. The next uh, section of the parasha deals with uh, with uh, items that are meant as separation. There are two different kinds of separation, uh, let's call them curtains or partitions, in the uh, in the Mishkan. One is called the parochet, and the other is called the masach. The parochet is a curtain uh, that. Uh, separates the holiest of areas, Kodesh HaKodeshim, from the holy area. Holy of Holies is where the Ark is, where the Aron is. The regular holy area is where, as we described, the Shulchan, the table, the menorah, the candelabrum, and the incense altar. That's where they are placed. And there is a curtain called the Parochet that separates uh, between them. The Parochet is made of a combination of threads, uh, it also has Kiruvim uh, design woven into the fabric. Uh, there are four Shitim pillars overlaid with gold that hold up the Parochet. And <clears throat> the Parochet is positioned underneath the fasteners. If you recall, on the top of the uh, Mishkan, there are uh, a total of 11 curtains. There's five and six. Uh, curtains, and to join the five to the six, there are fasteners. So there's a line of fasteners that, in the uh, in the over curtain, uh, is placed between the holy area and the holy of holies, and the parochet is positioned uh, to stand right underneath that. Um, the parochet also has four silver sockets that holds uh, the boards up that hold the curtain uh, up. There are hooks from which the parochet hangs, and uh, the, the parochet separates the aron from the table and the menorah, and eventually we'll see the uh, incense altar. Uh, then the other kind of separation is called a masach. Masach is a screen. Uh, the masach, uh, rather than separating one area into two areas, the masach uh, screens outside viewers from seeing into the parts of the Mishkan where they shouldn't be looking. So it is, uh, it will be placed in front of the entrance of the Mishkan so that unauthorized personnel uh, will not be allowed to, uh, will not be able uh, to look inside. 
Uh, the masach is also made of a combination of threads. It is embroidered. Um, in other words, any design that's on it is embroidered into it, not part of the, of the weave of the fabric. Um, it is held up with five shittim pillars overlaid with gold. It has hooks from which the masach hangs and also five sockets. These are made of copper that uh, hold the board up from which the masach uh, hangs on the hooks. So the masach will be placed in front of the opening to the mishkan so that anybody uh, walking by will not be able to look inside if they are not permitted to. The the next section uh, that the Torah talks about, moving farther out from the uh, from the center, let's say, of the Mishkan, um, will be the altar, uh, the outer altar, the Mizbeach, uh, from which uh, w- which will be used for uh, offering uh, sacrifices. The outer altar, which is which will be placed outside of the Mishkan, will be essentially in the courtyard area outside of the Mishkan. It too will be made of shittim wood, but it will be overlaid uh, with copper. Uh, it also has utensils that are made of copper. It has a network uh, to uh, to hold up the various sacrifices that are uh, that are brought. It has rings and poles, and once again, for the purpose of uh, carrying it. And then the final section of uh, this week's parasha talks about the courtyard and its pillars, the courtyard that surrounds the Mishkan uh, and the uh, the altar. The courtyard is uh, surrounded by hangings. They also have embroidery on them, and they have pillars to hold up the hangings, sockets at the base uh, to hold those pillars stable, uh, hooks from which the hangings will hang, uh, pegs, uh, in much the same way as if you have a tent, uh, you have a cord that pulls it taut and then you hammer pegs into the ground uh, that keeps the tent the way it is. So this too has pegs and uh, also all different kinds of copper uh, utensils and appurtenances. So this is the description in our parasha of the donations uh, as well as the uh, plans for the building or the instructions for building the Mishkan. There will be more in next week's parasha. Uh, but let's take a, a closer look at um, at this section of the book of of Shemot uh, and ask when exactly are we meant to understand this took place um, at the beginning of our parasha Hashem says to Moshe to tell the children of Israel to give uh, donations uh, in order to uh, build the Mishkan and the question is uh, is the Torah telling us about this in chronological order. I remind you that uh, two parashiyot ago we had Yitro, which was the giving of the Torah at Sinai, the uh, revelation at Sinai, and then more laws uh, in Mishpatim, last week's parasha, and now we have Terumah. So are we meant to understand that um, after the giving of the laws that we learned about last time, uh, 
is when Hashem gives the instructions to uh, to Hashem uh, to Moshe to give to the children of Israel to build the Mishkan. And there are two views uh, on this subject. First, Rashi. Uh, Rashi invokes a principle that Chazal say, which is Ein Mukdam There is no uh, earlier and later in the Torah, which simply means that the Torah is not necessarily in chronological order. Uh, the Torah might tell us of events uh, out of chronological sequence uh, because it has something to teach us. And uh, Rashi says that that is what's happening here. The fact is, according to Rashi, that the sin of the golden calf, which we haven't read about yet, that won't be for another uh, two parshiot, the sin of the golden calf happened uh, uh, before the commandment to uh, to build the, the Mishkan. Here's the way that Rashi, and Rashi is uh, saying the position of Chazal, um, understands the chronology. Uh, Hashem tells uh, the children of Israel the Aserat uh, Adibrot, the Decalogue. Uh, we associate that with uh, Shavuot, the holiday of Shavuot, maybe a day before. And then Moshe goes up uh, to receive the first Luchot, and he's there for 40 days. 40 days later, he comes down and discovers the children of Israel uh, worshipping the golden calf. And that's on the 17th day of Tammuz, which is a day that we observe now as a fast because of that and for other reasons as well. Um, so he found them worshipping the calf. And uh, the full reconciliation with Am Yisrael after the sin of the golden calf only happened on Yom Kippur. Uh, the 10th day of Tishrei. And that's because after the sin of the golden calf and after Moshe punishes the uh, the most uh, severe transgressors, uh, Moshe goes back up for another two periods of 40 days and 40 nights each in order to obtain Hashem's uh, forgiveness. And it's only when he comes down the third and final time from the uh, from the mountain uh, that he is carrying the uh, the second set of the Luchot, because remember he s- shattered the first set of Luchot, and that's a full reconciliation uh, that happens on the 10th day of Tishrei, and that's the day that we observe as uh, Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, the day of complete forgiveness. And then, it's only after that, Rashi says, that um, the children of Israel are uh, instructed to begin to bring their donations for the Mishkan. So according to Rashi, the episode that we're reading now really happened much later. Um, as a matter of fact, it would seem that according to Rashi, the uh, the purpose of the Mishkan, among other things, uh, is to uh, help to bring about atonement, forgiveness, for B'nai Israel from the sin of the golden calf. Um, and then uh, the Mishkan, as we're going to read about, was uh, built, and it was only finally set up and initiated, dedicated, um, and began to function only on the first day of Nisan, which is nearly a year after the uh, Exodus, after you'd see at Mitzrayim. So that, according to Rashi, is the chronology, and what underlies it is uh, the perception of Chazal, and 
Rashi's the spokesperson for Chazal uh, in this case, uh, as to what the purpose of the Mishkan was. It was in order to help bring about forgiveness and atonement and reconciliation, full reconciliation with Hashem after the sin of the golden calf. Now, the Ramban uh, disagrees. He agrees that there is such a principle as a that the Torah isn't necessarily in chronological order. However, the Ramban holds that the uh, that unless there is a good reason to to, to say so, uh, the Torah is in chronological order. In other words, the Ramban will apply this principle only when absolutely necessary, and that's when there is a textual basis. Uh, for saying that things are out of order. And the Ramban does not see it that compelling uh, that uh, that these events are happening in a different order. Rather, according to the Ramban, um, here's what happened. God spoke the Ten Commandments, uh, the Aserata Dibrot, uh, and uh, he gave them various uh, commandments that we learned about in last week's parasha. And the people of Israel accepted that, and uh, Hash- uh, Moshe helped them to go in, to enter into a covenant with uh, Hashem, um, and uh, they are promised that they're going to be a holy nation and treasured by God, and therefore, says the Ramban, since they are a treasured nation, um, Hashem wants to solidify that relationship by telling them to build a mishkan, to build a tabernacle. Um, so according to the Ramban, the commandment to build the tabernacle comes uh, after the other mitzvot that we uh, were learning about last time, and most uh, uh, notably, before the sin of the golden calf. Uh, according to the Ramban, the purpose of the Mishkan is not primarily, or certainly not, uh, certainly not to uh, serve as an atonement for the sin of the golden calf, um, because it happened beforehand, uh, but rather in order to uh, perpetuate the uh, event of Sinai. On Sinai, God convened with uh, with Bnei Yisrael, and uh, the idea was that because they've achieved this holiness, uh, the idea would be for them to, as it were, take Sinai with them, uh, build the Mishkan, to have a place for Hashem's presence to uh, to be focused, and in that way they would always be encamped around the uh, Sinai, but this would be a Sinai of their own building. So, according to the Ramban, events happened in the order in which we, ha- we find them in the Torah, giving of the Torah at, at Sinai, sanctification of the children of Israel, uh, the commandment to build the Mishkan, that was then interrupted by the sin of the golden calf, uh, so then, in a sense, after the sin of the golden calf, the uh, the Mishkan took on even more uh, significance because it uh, once then uh, it also had to serve as atonement. But primarily, it was there. Uh, the purpose of the Mishkan, according to the Ramban, was to carry Sinai with them uh, into their uh, travels in the Midbar. So we have a fundamental disagreement with Rashi between Rashi and the Ramban about the, the chronology. Uh, and also about the uh, purpose and function uh, of the Mishkan. Thank you very much for joining me in this study of this week's Parasha Terumah. This has been Rabbi Avraham Fisher for Parasha Highlights and Insights, saying Shalom.